Good evening, everyone. It's T Rob here with the Biz Pulse coming at you again. Um, excited. We got another great show for you. We're going to, well, we're all going to learn a lot tonight from a very special guest, Vienna Hayden, which she is just like uh, got all kinds of stuff going on. So I'm excited to interview her. Um, she is a, uh, she owns her own digital marketing agency. Uh, she was in real estate forever, 15 years, maybe still in real estate. I'm not even sure, but uh, just a really, really sharp lady that uh, I'm excited to have on. So I'm going to quit talking about her. I'm just going to bring her on here where we can all meet her. Hey. How's it going? T-Rob. <laughs> I know. It's it's funny because I get people call me Rob all the time. And the, and the T-Rob thing was like just a nickname uh, that I have because my name's Tim. And my last name is Robinson. So it was like, T Rob, I don't know. It kind of fits I perfectly. I mean, I had a friend in high school. His name was Derek, but he was kind of known as like the guy who could really throw them back, throw down the brewskis. So we ah, D Rock okay. drink a lot. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. And it really, the chant works nicely when you're throwing down brewskis too. So yeah, for sure. One named Derek out there. There you go. For New sure. nickname. All right, cool. So tell me, like, I, I did a little bit of an intro, but I'd love to hear who you are. And what you do. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with most everything. I am still in real estate. It's kind of on a pause while I'm still dealing with the longest world's longest divorce. But hey, what are you going to do? You know, you just yeah. kind of make the best of things and keep moseying on through life. But yeah, real estate something I've done for a very long time. I started when I was 19 and I was stuck in the dorms my freshman year of college. And my parents came to visit and I looked at my stepdad. I'm like, you see this prison in here? You're paying $600 a month for it, buddy. And he was, <laughs> and I'm like, we need to buy a house and I'm going to rent out the rooms. He's like, oh, like to a bunch of church girls. I said, yeah, that's what you want to think. That's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> I mean, I rented it out. It wasn't a church girls, much to his demise, but you know, I ended up house hacking my first rental and I got kind of hooked from there. I was building out shopping centers because they needed more people than, there were available. So they were just throwing warm bodies, like inexperienced little college students at things that were very high dollars. So I got involved in the construction side. I ended up owning my own electrical company as well as a general contracting company. Wow. I flipped a few houses in my time. I've got a fun nightmare story about a house flip. I always joke with people that that'll be like the stage story that I tell someday. But then I got into multifamily and started buying up apartments a few years ago. So I've got about 322. Oh, no. I'm down to 280 because we bought a shopping center. We traded 42 units for a shopping center recently. So wow, okay, okay, yeah. very well. You're you're a little bit busy. You're a little bit busy. A little, yeah. And then I started the whole digital agency thing when uh, the divorce started because I needed cash flow. And my lawyer's like, "Hey, you can't really do a whole lot in real estate right now because you're moving assets that are joint." I'm going, oh, "I never thought uh, about that." Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Fun fact. So, yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. But let's let's talk about that. I mean, I yeah. I know you said you're an open book. So I mean, I like am. rebuilding after divorce. I've been through a divorce. I know how hard it is. Um, but you know, tell me like because there's a lot of people out there that are in your situation, right? Yeah. So I want people to be able to listen to this and really get some confidence that they can do what you're doing. I mean, you're very successful and growing and just share how how have you done this? I, I put on a good front, but this is my second divorce. So the first one, I, he and I had the contracting companies together and I ended up taking a hiatus from construction of real estate to 
become a doctor because it felt safe after the whole experience with the first one who kind of put me in some chokeholds. I thought I was going to die a few times by his bare hands. It was a bad situation, but I got out of it and it was incredibly traumatic. I mean, I went through a lot of therapy and I discovered that I have severe anxiety. I've got bad depression and it runs in the family. So there's all of those kinds of things. I always joke that like my issues, they're all above the neck. So <laughs> I think we all have a little bit of that, but it's it's learning how to deal with that in a good way. And unfortunately, I, I picked incorrectly with the second time around as well. And I think I chose what seemed like the opposite of what I had before. And we have a tendency to have patterns, you know, and I wasn't, I I hadn't developed an awareness about my patterns. And I think the really cool thing about getting divorced the second time, as painful as this whole thing has been, is that I've developed an incredibly deep awareness about myself, about my habits, about like how the, these behaviors that I've got have manifested themselves. And it's really a lot of that work that you hear about in like coaching programs, like Tony Mm -hmm. Robbins, like that, where they talk about those awarenesses, but I, we, I've taken it to like this really deep level of being so aware of like, okay, I'm doing this thing in this moment. And why am I doing this? What's going on inside of me right now? And actually sitting down and dissecting that because that self-work is the thing that I think has really helped me to grow and launch over the past couple of years, even beyond everything I've done in the past. So it's, it's been a lot of growing pains and a lot of experience in, the pain itself, but being able to just take and feel that pain fully and then learning how to let that go and say, okay, what did I learn about myself in this? Like, why did I behave that way? Because we all love in divorce situations like, oh, it was all his fault. It was all her <laughs> fault. Horrible person. No, you married the person in the first place for a reason, right? right. Like you saw good in them at some point and it takes two to tango. So i always been a big believer in owning your part in any kind of breakup because you got together at some point for something and then something, there's many catalysts along the way that end up breaking you up and your behaviors, your own traumas that manifest themselves, they play a huge role. So with yourself and your behaviors in how you operate as a professional, but also in your personal life. And so how do you stop repeating those same patterns because those patterns, you break them, you're not only going to have a better relationship, but you're also going to be that much more powerful as a professional. And I'm still working through all of those things. I'm not going to tell you that I'm like on top of all of it and I know everything. I'm still catching myself and all of these things. And I've got my coaches going, uh, V, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all deal with that, though, right? I mean, we're we're all we're all growing every day, so it's like you're just dealing with challenges, and you're growing uh, personally and professionally, and they kind of cross over, you know. And you you know that, yeah. like, like you you learn how to battle on both sides, and you bring them together. So uh, really cool that you're sharing and and just kind of open with it. Um, so you you said something earlier. You said I had to start the marketing agency so I had some cash flow. So yeah. So, I can only imagine like that was probably pretty stressful because you probably it sounded like you didn't think about that. Right. It's like, oh, wait, you're right. Like, what am I going to do now? Type deal. Is that how it was? Kind of. I mean, so here's the situation. Like I decided to become a surgeon and went back to school at the beginning of this marriage. You just decided and, to be a surgeon. That <laughs> It felt safe. I mean, I bit, look, after you go through the 08 recession and you're in construction of real estate, it was, oh, and yeah. I lived in Arizona at the time, too. Oh, so yeah. It was like 
it, we just kept getting punched out. It was so bad. And at the time, I had this thought in the back of my head, like, man, healthcare is like one of those industries that seems like perfectly sustainable no matter what happens in the world. And so I thought maybe I missed my calling. I need to go become a doctor like my mom. So needless to say, I end up finally making that decision after the divorce and met my second husband. And I ended up realizing very quickly, like, no, real estate and construction is definitely where I need to be. I'm an entrepreneur. Me stuck in an OR is a hilarious misstep in my life. (laughs) I mean, look, those guys are like contractors. The reason they put you to sleep in surgery, it's for your own benefit, but it's really so everyone could just open the floodgates of shit talking because that's pretty much how it goes down in an OR. It's like being on a job site. We're like, oh, we're glorified plumbers. I mean, that's (laughs) what you do in general surgery. You're fixing the pipes and the holes in the wall. So that was, I mean, it fit in that regard, but then it was like, oh, I'm so jaded and I'm not even a doctor yet. I'm like in the OR uh, assisting on things and just nope, this is not the thing for me. And I, I became very disenchanted with healthcare and the whole system. And I ended up having my first baby at that point. And then I realized, wow, this is awful for me to like basically give up her childhood and not be there for her and pay somebody else and struggle to pay somebody else to be with her. And then yeah. the second one came along and then it was like, okay, nope, I we can't even afford anything but for me to be at home with the girls. And so I started the real estate thing back up because it was something I could do at home part-time with the girls where I'm looking at properties, putting offers on them. I could go drive to a job site if I'm flipping a house, have the girls Mm -hmm. in the back seat, no big deal. And that's kind of how all of that ended up evolving. And then I realized, oh, syndications are even better than flipping a house because I have a whole team of people and we seem like this efficient unit buying these big old things together. And I can literally sit at home and have conversations during nap time. And that's essentially how that all evolved, but it was very passive income. And so it wasn't like this active cash flowing type of thing, because when you're involved in a syndication, it's like buying stock in the stock market, right? you're buying a chunk of real estate. And so you have a little bit of a quarterly payment coming in and over time you build that up. And while 322 units sounds like a lot, if you're in syndication, depending on the chunk of money you've invested, it's not a ton of money. So I didn't have any cash flow, so to say, when I got divorced. And it was like, oh, what do I do with my life? I have to pay for (laughs) bills and I got to support myself and two kids. And this marketing opportunity came along through a friend of a friend. And I was very fortunate to be able to jump in. I learned the car dealership industry really deeply and then started branching off and finding that home service really fit my bread and butter as well, given that they're contractors. And I'm like, I know you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I I talk your language. (laughs) Yeah, wait, let's go fix some pipes. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really like how the whole digital marketing thing happened. And it fit because when you're in real estate, like you're sending out postcards, you're emailing people, you're cold calling, like you're doing all of this marketing stuff. Real estate is like marketing where the end product or the high ticket item happens to be a piece of real estate. But the reality is you're a marketer. And so making the shift into digital marketing, I'm like, oh, I'm just doing this for somebody else, not spending my own money to do it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot, a lot of what you're doing and, you know, what I do as well, it's more of just counseling folks on yeah. what not to do. You know, like, right. like a lot of times it's like, you don't need marketing right now. You need to be able to handle the leads that you have, you know? So oh, that's my favorite is what, like, I've had a, a client where 
he ended up firing the agency because he was like, yeah, we, we're getting all these leads, but we're not closing the deals. I'm like, well, you you paid me to get leads. And that's when all of this like consultation and doing the coaching really kind of hit me where I'm going, okay, I need to work with people and figure out a, what do they actually need? Because I can drum up leads for them all day long, but if they're overwhelmed and they can't close them or they can't handle that volume, then they're not going to think that I'm doing a good job. It's all about how they feel and what they can handle and then figuring out that scalability. And then Second order business is, okay, as a marketer, we're driving traffic, right? That's our job. We drive traffic, whether you're paying for it, whether it's organic. And what do you then do with that traffic? Especially if, let's say, it's a small roofing contractor. He's up on roofs or doing estimates all day. How's he going to shield these phone calls that keep coming in and people are asking all these sales questions? And, you know, you can't hire a high ticket closer to close a roof because they have to do an estimate. So the new challenge that I'm looking at solving is how do I figure out this hybrid model of sales where they're not quite doing the sales of doing a roof or a plumbing estimate, but they're still able to basically be like an appointment setter with a hybrid closing capability, if that makes sense. Because there's like, I call it the gap between the seat and the center console of marketing is how do you like connect between the lead generation and the traffic to the sale closing itself? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a big one. If you, if you figure that out, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will absolutely share that because that's like, I think every agency owner that I'm friends with, that's everyone's biggest challenge is how do we get the traffic to really truly convert when it's technically not our responsibility, but yet it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's very hard to tell people like, you know, I'll be honest with you. No, I don't want you to pay me anything right now because you, you can't handle the leads coming in. So yeah, it's because when when you're when you're dealing with startups, they need money so bad that they need leads. They think they need customers. Yes. But they don't have the infrastructure in place to even handle yes. it. So, I, yeah, I, I totally relate with what you're talking about. You know, like systems are a big thing. Like you need a system (laughs) to be able to handle it. So, and I never understood that until I got like really into the real estate syndication process and realized like the value of having that team, that's a system. And when you've got, you know, your person who's property management, you've got the guy that's going to go to the job site and he can calculate out, look at every single unit, take the pictures. Like you've got a, a, a process and a system down pat. You've got another one who's on the legal side. We're putting documentation together and making sure that we're SEC compliant when we bring mm-hmm. in all the investor money. I mean, there's all these components to it and you have to have a good system in place. Otherwise, you're not going to be a good investor. You're going to fail. You're going to lose people money. You're going to piss off the SEC and you don't want to be in that boat. Yeah. And same goes with anything in digital marketing or any kind of company. If you don't have those systems in place, then yeah, you're not going to be able to handle all of the traffic that comes in in the first place. Yeah, for sure. So, so talk to me about your agency, Fifth uh, Frequency. Where did that name come from and, and what does that mean? Glad you asked. So you know all that awareness stuff that we were talking about earlier and like recognizing behaviors. So I like to say that, and I I shouldn't even say I, my coach says this, I'm going to give him credit, but it's become my own inner dialogue at this point. We all operate within a third frequency world. We're in this third dimensional world where we see, hear, 
all of that kind of stuff. Fourth dimension being time. The fifth mm -hmm. is really when you kind of rise out above that third dimension and you have that awareness, that recognition, and you start to be able to operate at a level where you can, you know, recognize your behaviors and be there right in the moment to kind of make those tweaks on yourself. And ultimately it gets you to like that next level and you keep getting to level yourself up. And so right. I, as a result of all of this, you know, self-work that I've done, I ended up calling my agency the fifth frequency agency because I want to help businesses become more aware of their own behaviors, what they're doing. You don't have a system in place or you do, but let's make these tweaks in the moment as we're iterating and helping you grow and scale because you can't grow and scale into that fifth level until you've got everything in place foundationally and you're aware of what is and isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I love it. Love it. I, I, I love that like names, when people name a business, they have a story because sometimes yeah. they don't. Sometimes people are just like, eh, I don't know. It sounds good. You know, like, <laughs> which is cool. But um, so um, I guess with, with your agency, I mean, are you doing everything or what do you offer? So I offer a whole suite of everything, but I don't usually do like piecemeal. Like I don't, I'm not going to have somebody come to me and go, I want you to run my ads. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. that's cool. But why? And then I'll dive in and then we'll figure out, oh, okay. So you actually want a social media strategy, not just ads. And you need this whole breadth of whatever. So I'll package things together. So I don't sell you a service. I have you invest in a strategy. And it's, it's a better way to operate altogether because it gives the business exactly what they need tailored to their exact situation and where they're at versus me saying, okay, one size fits all. Here's my price for just running ads. And that's what it's going to be. And look, there's some agencies that do operate that way. And that's great. You know, everyone mm -hmm. has figured out kind of what works for them. And this is what I have figured out works for me, given what my goals are with working with different businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're more like you're, you're a consultant. So I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I do both. I mean, I have, I have like the package of like, Hey, you want Facebook ads. Okay. Here's this, but typically it's like the same thing you're doing. Like, okay, this is what you really need. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not just going to sell you something that doesn't work or you don't need. So, so right. what, what's your, what's your biggest challenge in, in that environment right now? Do you have something that just like, Maybe oh, yeah. we already talked about it. We we talked about the, you know, teaching people how to take the leads and close the leads. I guess yeah. That's I mean that's problem. that's one aspect. I think one of the other things, and just like let's take a look at me and where my deficiencies are again. You know, I was the one that was doing the SEO. I was running PPC ads, and then I'm running email campaigns and I'm running direct mail campaigns. And I got to the point where the client list started to grow enough, and I was like holy hell, I can't handle everything. Okay, time to figure out like I need a point person on SEO. I need a point person to be my media buyer, but I need somebody who's going to do it in a way that jives with how I do it because I'm not a throw spaghetti at the wall kind of gal. There's uh -huh. a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, we'll just try these three things and see what works and we'll A-B test. I'm like, mm, no, I don't operate that way. So whoever I hire so I had to make sure I had SOPs in place because again, systems, and then making sure that whoever I bring in can follow the SOP and it's a repeatable process so that if I'm bringing in more clients, 
they are able to copy paste that process and still produce the kinds of results that I am. And that I think has been the biggest challenge because let's be honest, when we're the boss person, we're kind of control freaks. And yeah. that's one of my like big awareness points that I've hit in the past two years is realizing I am a total control freak and being able to let go of that control has been the biggest challenge. So having to hire out some of these services to a point person where I'm now managing a team and firing myself from that job, that's probably been my biggest challenge. But if you want to scale, that's what you have to learn how to yeah. do. How do you yep. fire yourself from each of these jobs? Because if you're working in the business, you're not working on the business. Yeah, that's true. And what what owners, you know, typically do, they try they hire people that are exactly like them. Yeah. So they're not they're not getting a different skill set, you know. So it's like right. hey, hi, hire skilled people that are no more than you do, you know. Some people exactly. are very in, very intimidated by that. Like I'm not going to hire somebody smarter than me, but well, it's still your company. And it's going to make you look really good. <laughs> it's not, I look at it this way. You know, we are, if we're the president of our own company, right? Because yeah. technically we are. If you're going to be the president, you can't be everything to everybody. You have to be surrounded by a cabinet. Look at the president of the United States. You know, I'm not getting into politics here. Just whoever he or she is, they always have a cabinet that they pick. And why is that? Because the, each cabinet member is an expert in a certain area. And so- mm -hmm. If I'm the president of my own company, I'm going to have my cabinet surrounding me. Like I want somebody who's better at PPC than me. I want somebody who knows SEO and can work that stuff backwards and forwards where I'm going, dang, you that's things I've never seen before. Like that's what I want because I know that's being delivered to my clients now and I get to package it all together and make sure it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense because um, once you kind of have that system and everything in place, you're comfortable selling it too. So you know right. what, what your what the end product's going to be. So definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. So are you doing, are you working with mostly people that are in your local area? Or are you working with people all over the country? No, I'm nationwide. I got okay. East coast clients. Most of my auto dealerships are East coast. I've got a couple that I'm got brewing here on the West coast. And then all of my service guys are basically west-ish coast. I mean, I've got so many relationships in Arizona, so I've got people there. I've got people in California. It's it's kind of the an interesting little mix. And, you know, you, you really end up going with what you know. Like, I've just, I've been 100% relationship-based, so it's like the referrals and the relationships just kind of fall out of the sky for me. And that was another That's challenge cool. point where I went, oh my God, I've got to do what I'm telling all of my clients to do, which is start marketing for yourself. I wasn't at a point where I could handle it before. And now I'm like, I can handle a funnel and leads. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a yeah. feather in the cap point. So I'm like, okay, we're there. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I always try to touch on like, um, people that may want to get in the industry of, you know, what you're doing. Um, yeah. what would you suggest if somebody's watching this going, man, I'd really like to get into digital marketing. What, what would be your career path you would tell them to take? I'd say do two different things, learn and do. And the doing, you're going to screw up and guess what? Just find somebody who is cool with you screwing up on them so you can learn and then just keep educating yourself as you go. I mean, I think of it as like college. They make you do internships in college, right? Yeah. Because when I was in construction, I mean, I, I ran a $43 million shopping center as an intern. That's insane. <laughs> Who the hell would put me in charge? And I had no clue what I was doing, but yeah. they were like short on people. And I 
had an education in it and I didn't realize that I knew more than I did. So it's just the doing, being able to apply that education and then just continue with all of that. And don't be afraid to prospect. Just go talk to people. Tell them what you're doing and ask them what their problems are. Learn how to solve problems. Don't sell something, solve a problem. And that's been probably the biggest lesson that I've learned is learning how to solve people's problems. Because in real estate, it's the same thing. You're not actually selling any real estate. People usually have problems. It's distressed owners that I would go for in real estate. Somebody's got an issue, they're underwater in a property, or they need to get out because of a death and they don't have cash flow to afford it. Like those kinds of distress situations, that's a problem where me as the investor is coming in and I'm solving a problem for them. And in the same way with marketing, I am solving a problem for the business. Like, what is the problem? I just listed a whole bunch of my own problems. Like somebody could come in and say, well, Vienna, let me help you with X, Y, and Z. I'd be like, you make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what people don't understand is, is marketing in general. You're, 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 you're marketing to a problem, right? You're like, I can fix this problem you have and I have this product or I have this service. So it's the same thing when you're like trying to get into a new industry or try to land yeah. a job. Like I can fill that role because I can do this or, you know, so what yeah. What problem can you Great solve? Advice. Yeah. Like when you read, when you have an ad that resonates with you, why is it that you click on that ad? Usually yeah. it's because it speaks to a problem and then you're emotionally charged by it. Like, yeah, and we all really have problems. All yeah. of us. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for clicking on ads all the time. I'm like, oh, I, that, yeah, you spoke to me. You go, oh, yeah. I do it too. Me. You know, I do it in a lot of what I do, I do it because of that, but like research too. Yes. Like, oh, wow. Exactly. This is really like, cool. I, this will work, this. you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I, interested in whatever it is. And then I'm like, let me read the, oh, that's beautiful copy. I mean, so we're just sitting yeah. there admiring whoever the hell wrote this ad. <laughs> yep. Yep. So let's talk about something else that's huge right now. And that's AI. And yes. are you, are you starting to integrate any AI? I've been integrating AI. You have? You okay. me? Bring on the robots, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's I know how a lot I feel of people too. are afraid of it, but at the end of the day, like a robot's not going to replace you and me. They don't have the human factor, but mm -hmm. do they help? Like, you know, when you're in college and I mean, maybe some of the younger people aren't going to remember this, but there's days where like you actually have to put pen to paper and you couldn't just type out a paper. Yeah. That speaks to how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, but like there, you'd have the brain fart where you're just sitting there going, I don't even know where to start with this. Ah, that's where AI comes in super handy, where I'm just having mm -hmm. one of those like brain fog days and going, okay, I, God, I know I need to have this. I know I need that word. I know I need a little bit of that. Enter. And then AI spits out a bunch of things. They're never the thing that I 100% use. But do I, oh, I like that little snippet there. Oh, that's a good idea. Next thing you know, the brain starts getting into gear and right. boom the copy just pours out of me. So that's where I think AI comes in really handy is it allows to give you those snippets and kind of piecing things together in a really great way. And it does it with video. I love, I've got like an AI video maker. That thing's super cool. I have to edit quite a bit, but it's great because I'm not starting from scratch. So yeah. it's kind of like, I don't know, getting like a frozen meal. Like you still have to cook the thing. <laughs> Maybe you doctor it up because I always doctor them up. But you know, at least it gives you a foundational starting point. You're not just starting from scratch. So Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think it's kind of the baseline of like, like, okay, let's see what it says. And like, oh, okay, yeah. that's a good piece. And you kind of pick and choose what you use. So I, I definitely, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, 
it's it's becoming you know and that's the other thing it's like you know there was one you saw now there's like every day i'm opening up and there's another one and i'm like it's they're taking over the world you know and and yeah i just kind of warn people too that don't get scammed into that stuff because there's a lot yeah. of junk there's a lot of junk out there um, yeah so. there is with a lot with all the good that we've seen come out of like the tools and the ai and the, and the technology that exists there is a ton of junk and i have oh my goodness i have sifted through so much of it if you could see like like in baking they have what's called like the sifter or like you'll drain yeah. or strain yeah. like your food if you could see what my strainer looks like of technological garbage you would laugh i have been through so much because i'm always looking for how can i level up my business how can i automate things how can i improve and just make it a better client experience and so you know i'm going i'm churning through this stuff and i will tell you my list of garbage is huge compared to yeah. the list of, like this is good stuff yeah definitely i'm the same way i like do the trials on stuff yep. just to see i'm like well that's junk you know you're like minute in and it's like that's no good like nope but this is not how you advertised <laughs> it sorry yeah <laughs> yep yep for sure um so let's talk about let's talk about your coaching side the collective yeah. system so Tell me a little bit about that. And I, I know we talked about it briefly of how you, why you did it, but um, yeah. do you like that side of it more than the other side or they kind of just cross over into each other or what? They kind of cross over. I prefer the being on the agency side, but there is an absolute need for the coaching side because look, do I know more than you do when it comes to how to run your business? Absolutely not. But if you and I sat down and I started asking you questions, would I be able to see things about your business that perhaps you don't? Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of that. It, it's the whole idea of bringing in a coach where you can't see everything about yourself. I didn't learn about my controlling nature and behavior because I'm some crazy emotionally IQ genius that knows all of this stuff. It's <laughs> I have a coach who was like, uh, Vienna, that's controlling. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm not controlling you absolutely are. And here's why. Boom, boom, boom. So that's what I am to a business is I'm able to sit down and go, okay, well, why are you doing this? What are these numbers here? Why are you doing that? And then we have a discussion around it. And then all of a sudden I can see things that you didn't. And then it helps give us that starting point to navigate and go, okay, I can coach you and we can accomplish these things by doing a process of elimination in your business, lowering mm -hmm. costs, doing these things. And then there's this other side where you want to scale and grow and perhaps they don't have systems in place. And that's where the coaching comes in and I can help them establish some of those systems. And we set up timelines where, okay, here's the milestone for getting this done. And next thing you know, within two months, they've got systems and then we can move them into the agency side and actually start generating leads and having a sales team and closing those things and growing and scaling the business. Cool. Cool. So I, I saw something on that. You're the profit queen. <laughs> yeah, I, like I was that. trying to come up with something catchy. And interestingly, I things have kind of morphed. I'm, I'm in the middle of doing a rebranding right now, uh -huh. where I've come up with this whole beehive thing. And my coach says that I'm like the bee. I'm constantly buzzing around and I'm making <laughs> honey. And I've got like 40 different honey pots of things going on. So Vienna's beehive is probably going to be kind of the way that things morph into this rebranding. And I started a little online store. I've got this little beehive nice. journal that I made. So I've been doing some products to kind of go with it. I've got my book. So I've, I'm working through a little bit of a rebranding in there 
for the Vienna's Beehive. And then I've got a podcast I'm going to be launching probably in the next few months. That's going to be, it's more health and wellness based. I've got Mm -hmm. a side of me. I still care deeply about health and wellness, having tried to be a doctor and I'm one of my doctor clients and I kind of partnered on this whole thing and he practices Ayurvedic medicine. So he's an MD, but he's an integrative MD where he tries to not write as many prescriptions and he focuses more on like the wellness aspect. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We need more. (laughs) So I'm very passionate about that stuff. And I'm like, all right, so the beehive is expanding into that area. We got the merchandising stuff and I've got all of this other uh, consulting and that side of my business as well. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. Do you think like so when you th- going through the divorce, do you think it kind of a lot of this stuff just came to life or, or was it already something yeah. you were thinking about? There was a lot that was in kind of the back of my mind where I just didn't do much of it because I think I allowed myself to be stifled by the emotional compression that was happening due to a really bad relationship. I mean, right. it's amazing if we don't have our personal lives in order and we don't have the right partner by our sides. And it's not like he didn't support me. I mean, if you ask him, he's, he'll tell you that he sacrificed everything to support me, which I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I know that while I thought I was supporting him, he felt absolutely crushed by me as well. So we, it was just very toxic in that way. And I think we both kind of suppressed each other and getting out of it and away from it boy, that breath of fresh air helped to kind of just allow my mind to open up to everything that I yeah. have now in front of me. Well, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you always, you always come out stronger when you're going through troubled times or, or, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you're, you're you because of things if you've been through, right. And, right. Exactly. And it's, just, and it's all just a season. I always tell people that like, it's yep. just a season it's going to pass. So, yep. so yeah. Very true. Yeah. And with every season, we make new fruit. That's what I like to tell my girls. We're making new fruits. We got a new crop coming, and this is the fruit that's happening with this season. So can't wait to I see thought, the next crop. I thought you were going to say you're making new honey. Well, that too. I mean, you, what? Didn't, you didn't. You didn't throw that in there. So ah, I missed the mark. What a shit marketer <laughs> I am. <laughs> missed my perfect line. <laughs> oh man. So what's what's like? You, you just talked about a rebranding, but what's like a big big goal for you like this is like my big dream this is what i want is there something like that right now um ultimately i want so i have another side of me i've always been in like entertainment and kind of the background as an actress and a writer and okay I originally moved out to California with the idea that I would be able to pursue acting a little bit more and real estate was going to be my really awesome side hustle that prevented me from having to bartend and wait tables like everybody else so That was the original idea and divorce. Well, it kind of derails things. But nonetheless, I still have these really cool scripts that I've written. And I think the dream is that I've got this digital marketing agency. I've got my real estate. I've got the beehive and however that kind of builds itself out to be. All of those things are multiple streams of income. And all of those are going to help fund what ultimately is my passion project of having my own movie studio. And what does that mean? It means like the hardest thing in Hollywood is finding money for a project and then finding distribution. So being able to fund the project and then being able to get it out there in real estate, I find it so easy to find money and to distribute because it just makes sense. Movies, Mm -hmm. there's no rhyme or reason for anything. Everybody has a different version of the science behind movies. So there's just like, 
this ridiculousness behind the industry. And I'm like, you know what? Screw Hollywood. I just want to fund my own stuff and distribute my own stuff. What is that? Oh, it's a movie studio. Okay, cool. So that's the goal ultimately is for me to have my own movie studio. I'm not going to care about profits. I can just invest into my own projects as I see fit and have an absolute blast in the process. Ah, good for you. I mean, that's a, that's a big goal and that's awesome. Um, like, it's funny. I didn't even know you had that side. I didn't catch that anywhere, I guess, but um, that's really cool. So have you done, I mean, have you done acting in the past then? Oh, yeah. You... I've got an IMDB if you look me up. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> very cool. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. So, so it's, it's been a fun ride and I've found that like, I don't want to be trying to make a living as an actress as much as I enjoy it. I'm not like dying to just live in a shithole with four roommates, wait tables and try to make it in Hollywood. It's just, it doesn't fit me. I love being a CEO. I love having my businesses and pushing these things. I find it to be so much fun, but I also have that creative side of me where I enjoy singing. I enjoy playing piano. I enjoy getting in front of a script and just like finding a juicy piece to really sink my teeth into. And, you know, I think that's part of just, being a very high level individual, you've got different outlets for all these things in your life. And the creative is so necessary with all the crazy emotions I've got. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You gotta, (laughs) yeah, you gotta like let that out, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like Elsa and frozen has her little like snow powers (laughs) and I don't have snow powers, but I'll go sing a song on a mountain and play a piano and write a script and then scream lines into the mirror. So, yeah, I, I get it. So, um, so here's, here's always ask this, um, is there like a favorite, uh, productivity hack that you found that you want to share with entrepreneurs? Like, Oh, you should use this software or you should do this. Or is there anything like that that you have? I don't have a hack that I'm like, yeah, this is the be all end all. I mean, buy my journal because it helps you to like write down and actually set some goals. My eight-year-old daughter, I gave her one for Christmas because she asked for it. And she has been writing down her own goals for every single month. And then wow. we mapped out little milestones for her to reach those goals. Like my girls aren't very good at picking up after themselves. I call it the little piggy behavior. So she, <laughs> one of her goals is to not be as much of a piggy. And so we mapped out like, okay, you can't just not like have things on the floor that you've left there overnight and just be perfect over time. You're just going to have less and less that you leave on the floor. And so let's map out these milestones and get you there. She's like, well, I want less screen time. Okay. Again, you can't just cut yourself off cold Turkey. Let's just in lieu of screen time here. Why don't you do this over here? And we have a list of activities and things like that. So we've started working towards goals, but I'm teaching them early. Cause that's what I do. If I've got like a big lofty goal, like throw down a podcast with Vienna's beehive, I'm not just going to throw down a podcast tomorrow. It doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. You've got to build up to it. And I have an entire thing mapped out. I've got things scheduled and I'm inching towards all of it. So I think that's probably one of my biggest pieces of advice because you'll develop your systems along the way when you kind of break things down into very digestible pieces. Don't try to do everything at once because I am that person, the perfectionist who's insecure and tries to do it all at once and do it perfectly. And it doesn't work that way. Well, that's do good advice. Sister. Really, really good <laughs> advice. Um, because I think a lot of people don't, don't do that. They don't really plan or don't write anything down. Like 
there's still, I always tell people this, there's still pen and paper for a reason, yes. right? Like, And it helps to write down a little to-do list. Like, what do you have going yeah. on? What are your goals for today? Okay, I want to get this and this done. Great. What are the things that have to happen to get those things done? Yeah. Write it down. It feels good. And it's it's just, it helps our brains just kind of get going too. Yeah. At least for me. I mean, everyone operates differently, but journaling is another great thing. Like I just find that if I'm feeling anxious or emotional about something, I'll just sit down and put my feelings out on paper. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make any sense, I'm just like screaming at the paper or I'll scream at the wall. I've been not speaking with my mother for about a year and a half family issues, dealing with the divorce, but I've had a lot of conversations with my mom where she's not been in the room at all. I've just talked to the wall. <laughs> I just, I feel very strongly about something and I'm like, right. there it is. Get right. it out to the wall. Cause the wall's going to absorb it and never give it back to you. And you got it out of your system. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's good advice. And it's productive because uh, otherwise that shits in your brain all day and oh, it's going to fester and then you're not productive nothing works. So get it out to the wall. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Don't, don't hold it in. It, it, it'll yeah. kill you. Um, so three books, do you have three books that you would recommend? Oh my to the God. Audience? I have way more than three. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, I mean, it kind of changes on the regular here. Let me, I'm going to open up my audible and just tell you the most recent cool. things. Good. Exactly what to say is one that I love. Exactly what to say. Okay. Yeah. Hour long read. But it is a beautiful book. Okay. And another one is, let me see. Oh, The Power of Vulnerability. That one was amazing by Brene Brown. And I mean, I told you I'm like an open book. That's part of why I am is because I've always been, I think I've always talked a little too much, said a little <laughs> too much, but I think reading that book by Brene Brown helped me kind of like hone in the delivery of it in a way that is, hey, I'm just being relatable. I'm not like this all-knowing, all-powerful person because I've accomplished a few things. Like, I still look up at the Tony Robbins of the world and go, oh my God, I've done nothing with my life. Yeah, um, no, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the case. So learning how to be more vulnerable is incredible. And then a book that I just thought was like a really solid not a lot of people know about it if you're even real estate investors don't, but I was like, I want to invest out of state. And that's where most of my property is uh -huh. long distance real estate investing. It's by David M. Green. Huh. It's a great okay. book. It walks you through step by step exactly what you need to do to get your systems and processes in place. If you want to buy property out of state, which if you're like me and you live in California where investing in a property requires damn near seven digits yeah. Going to the Midwest and finding out you could buy a house for 30,000 bucks is like, huh? Yeah. How many can I get? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. I can get how much square footage? What? That's yeah. a monthly rent payment in LA and you could get a whole house and be done. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, yeah. crazy. So, well, cool. So, um, where can, where can listeners find you? How's the, where's the best place to reach you at? Oh my God, name a social media channel. I pretty much have it. So okay. Instagram, I am very active on there and it's just my name at Vienna Hayden. And I have a second Instagram from when I was cosplaying a lot more. I have a nerd side. 
I love going to Comic Cons. I painted myself green to kiss William Shatner and wore an Orion Slave Girl outfit. If you're familiar with Star Trek, I'm (laughs) that kind of nerd. I have a Borg Queen costume, homemade, by the way. Okay. Okay. You are straight nerd then. Next level nerd. Very so cool. I have a secondary Instagram. If you see some weird stuff, that's what that is for. I'm dressed in all kinds of crazy things. So if you find it awesome and I've got a Facebook, follow me, friend me, whatever. I think I still have not reached my 5,000 limit. So cool. Let's connect there. Um, I'm on TikTok two different ways. I started like a channel where I talk crazy things about my family and then another one where I talk about affiliate marketing. So two different TikToks. I haven't spent as much time on those, but I'm starting to work on them a little bit more. And my website is fifth frequency, the five TH, not the word fifth. So fifthfrequency.com. I'll stick that one up there because I have it queued up. So yes, that's perfect. And I haven't really done a whole lot on YouTube yet, but that's kind of where the podcast is going to come in. And YouTube will probably pick up this year with that podcast. Well, very cool. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to mention, say, scream, whatever? Um, you know, I think I've talked quite a bit. <laughs> well, it's it's been really good to get to know you. I, I, I appreciate your energy and just the uh, like your positive attitude, you know, because I, I know probably what you are in even right now and you're just fighting and, and just showing great character and like like you're growing and it's, it, it, it's good for people to see and feel, I guess is what I'm saying. Cause I become energized when I'm in front of a camera, when I'm talking to people, like I'm not like this hundred percent of the time, but I do get excited and invigorated when I get to connect with somebody else and be on camera. I mean, there is, this is the artistic side of me that comes out, but I look, even this morning, I think I woke up at probably three or 4 AM and I was restless and stressed and going, oh my God, how am I going to do this one thing over here? And I quickly jotted a note down on my phone and then said, okay, go back to sleep and put on some meditation music. And then I did, I, I went back to sleep and yeah. I've, I look, I've got those moments like that. I've got days where I'm just like, oh, today sucks. I feel defeated. So yeah. I'm human. <laughs> this isn't like the 24 seven Vienna right. as much as I'd like to think it is, but this kind of thing helps to bring me out of that and bring it sheds a little extra light in my life. So thank you for having me on here. You're welcome. I enjoyed the time and I'd love to have you back sometime. And if I can do yeah. anything, reach out, let me know. Definitely. And I'll have you on my podcast when, when I get to launch too. Sounds great. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you. Have a great evening. Thanks. You too. All right. So the fifth frequency.com, if you're looking for digital marketing or just someone that can help you with your business, um, she's definitely uh, obviously got the skills and the know-how. So reach out to her. Um, and that is it for me tonight. Uh, next week, we'll be back. I can't believe it's already Thursday. Next week, we'll be back Tuesday and Thursday again with some great guests. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share this thing, uh, grow my channel, please, please, please. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And I will catch you next time on the Biz Pulse.